Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. We're talking about processing the pain of losing a child. Come on in, guys. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. All right, you guys, we have a good show for you today. We are in the midst of our Faith Builder series, where we talk to women about some of the challenges that they faced in their life and how they were able to get through those hard times by leaning on their faith and each other. I believe that everybody has a story that we can learn from and we can be inspired from. And a lot of times, some people go through situations that are very similar to the things that we struggle with. So it's always good to be able to hear somebody else's journey um, that's willing to share with us and how they survived and the things that they did to push through. Today, we have an amazing woman here with us. She is the mom of three boys, Daniel, who is 23, Sam, who is 17, and Pierce, who is forever four. She is also a wife to her husband, Matthew, and she's worked in the corporate field for almost seven years as a regional database marketing manager until one day she decided to make a change. Now she works for her local school district, which allows her the time that's needed for her to focus on her family and the things that matter most to her. She's also an ambassador of the Mississippi Oregon Recovery Agency, and she's going to be sharing her story with us on how she became involved with that program. Let's give a warm welcome to our guest, Mrs. Jennifer Cartwright. Yay! 
<laughs> well, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us today. Thank you for asking me here. Yes, ma'am. I'm so glad to have you on the show, um, especially after learning a little bit about your story. Um, and I think that your story is inspiring, especially for those that have been in the same circumstances that you've been through, um, to see where it started off and then to see where you are now and what you're doing, uh, what you've done with the pain that you've experienced is proof that, you know, you can survive, you can overcome and uh, you can get through. Um, So I just wanted to thank you for coming on here. (laughs) You're most welcome. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And thank you for sharing your story. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm really interested in what made you decide to come out of your career in the corporate world and move into working for the local school district. Um, I've always been someone that's been really interested in what I used to call crafty projects, yeah. you know, um, sublimation and, and making the t-shirts yeah. and doing the, um, the vinyl works and things like that. Um, and I actually used to do it a lot more and yeah. was really involved in it, but then my job changed, my role changed, I had more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And with the corporate job that I had, mm-hmm. I was a regional manager over three properties. I was on call 24 hours a day, wow. seven days a week. Yeah. Um, we would be in the middle of family dinners or birthday parties, and I would have to excuse myself to go remote in because there was yeah. some issue with work. Mm-hmm. And it it got to be where I felt like I was just living to work. Yes. I wasn't working so that I could live and, and have a, a time with my family. Yeah. And the current job that I have with the school district, they knew that I did these things in my spare time and they had a position open and they asked my husband, do you think she would be interested? Because he does work for the school district as well. And he said, I think so. Call her. And that was the start of it. So that is good. There's so many women, as you were telling that I was thinking about, there's a lot of women, myself included, (laughs) that are, you know, in the corporate world and sometimes, um, it's just like you said, we get so tied up in working where you're living to work and you have no time to do the things that really matter. And um, that's that's definitely a hard, hard decision to make, number one, and then for things to open up for you. That's amazing. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, you um, do some work with um, the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency. So tell us a little bit about what you do with them. So the Mississippi Organ Recovery Agency is actually Mississippi's organ donation agency. Um, So when you have the little red heart on your driver's license, that is them. Our youngest son passed away when he was four years old Mm -hmm. and he was a donor Mm -hmm. and we got involved with them because it was something that allowed us to keep a connection with him and the public, not just at home with our pictures and with our videos and things like that. But it was a way for us to keep him alive. And um, he used to call himself Dr. Pierce. Okay. (laughs) And so we kind of thought that would be something he would be really proud of if we were able to keep him alive in that way. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful gesture. Definitely. Tell me a little bit about Pierce. So Pierce was stubborn, extremely, (laughs) extremely stubborn. Um, He was in preschool and my mom, it was at Biloxi high school. And and my mom actually ran 
the preschool center at the high school. And so he probably got away with a little bit more than he should have. (laughs) But, you know, when it was time to clean up, they would say, okay, everybody start cleaning up. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't clean clean up, you're going to have to sit in time out. And yeah. he would just, when it when they said time to clean up, he would just walk over and sit in time out yeah. because he didn't want <laughs> to do it. <laughs> um, he, he loved to play jokes on people. Oh. Um, his favorite thing to do was every time my husband went out the back door, uh-huh. he would run up and lock it <laughs> and then hide around the corner and just laugh and laugh watching his dad try to get in. <laughs> So um, he he was just very happy, very stubborn, and he loved to play jokes on people. But he also liked to play doctor and he also liked to help. And I would get him little fruit salads in the morning from Chick-fil-A and he would pick out and eat around the pieces that he knew my mom liked. So when he got to the preschool, she could have those pieces. So he he was quite a character. Oh, that is so sweet. So tell me what happened um, the day that he passed away. What happened? It was May 25th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just hit our 10-year anniversary. But mm-hmm. his birthday is on May 22nd. So okay. May 25th, we were having his birthday party mm-hmm. at my mother-in-law's house. Yeah. And she had a pool. And then we also rented um, one of the big jump houses that had the slide yes. attached to it. And we were inside. It was my mother-in-law and Pierce and me. We were blowing up balloons to go outside. We had one of the little helium tanks. Mm -hmm. And we finished blowing up all the balloons. Me and Pierce went outside. Um, His two brothers, Daniel and Sam, were Mm -hmm. in the jump house. And I was the... There were French doors going to the outside and the balloons were right inside the French doors. My mother-in-law went to go take a shower. I started getting the balloons Mm -hmm. ready and um, Pierce was in the hot tub, which was connected to the pool. And I was grabbing balloons and going and tying them up. And he was kind of talking to me a little bit. And I went in and would turn around, open the door, grab more balloons, turn around and tie them. And um, I got finished and walked over to the jump house to talk to the boys and mm-hmm. I saw Daniel and I saw Sam yeah. and I said, where's Pierce? And they mm-hmm. said, he never came in here. Oh, wow. And that's when I walked over and saw him in the pool. Oh, okay. yeah. And so I got him out and started CPR when my oldest called 911 mm-hmm. um, and the ambulance arrived, the fire trucks and then the police came and closed off all the streets so that they could life flight him. Wow. Um, but I guess there are certain requirements um, for them to start a life flight to, to leave. Okay. They were circling above. Um, and so it was decided he had to go to the hospital first. Okay. And he went to Ocean Springs Hospital, but he did not make it. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry for your loss. It's, that's a troubling thought for any mother. How did it affect your family? I would imagine that the boys, especially the, his brothers, seeing that. And they were, how old were they then? Daniel was um, 13. Mm-hmm. And Sam was seven. Okay. Was about to be seven. Okay. How did that affect them? It affected them very differently, extremely differently. Even to this day, it still affects them very differently. Um, Daniel was very, 
non, I don't want to say non-emotional. He didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. did not um, break down in front of people. It still affected him. Yeah. I mean, if you ask him about Pierce, he'll talk to you about Pierce. Right. He still, um, you know, has pictures of him and things like that, yeah. but he yeah. doesn't grieve openly gotcha. with it. Yeah. Um, Sam was a lot more affected. They were, they were much mm-hmm. closer in age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Sam took a lot of responsibility for what happened. Oh, yeah. um, because, you know, as, as a mom, when mm-hmm. you, when you send your kids outside and you have multiple, you always yeah. tell the older, look out look for out your little for brother, look out for your right. little sister. Right. And, um, and it's not even always as be their babysitter and watch Mm -hmm. them. It's watch what you're doing. So you don't hurt them, you know, when you're running around or kicking the ball or whatever. But Sam took that more as of, it was his responsibility. Um, So he, he dealt with it at first just by immersing himself in whatever he could of the, he, they did go see, you know, doctors and things, therapists, and, okay. and they said he's using avoidance and that was fine. That yeah. was his way of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And over the time, over time, he still talks about Pierce. He yeah. still has, you know, little memorial things that mm-hmm. he does with mm-hmm. Pierce. Yeah. Um, and he's the one that will tend to get more emotional yeah. over it yeah. as well. And each child is different, right. you know, and, and each person is different. Nobody grieves the same, definitely. But um, that's that's interesting that they both had their their own reactions. Um, what did grief look like for you? Did you notice changes in yourself? I would imagine that there were changes in yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it was devastation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at the hospital, I had to be sedated. Mm-hmm. And um, when we left to go home is, you know, before before we left, they, mm-hmm. they pulled my husband aside and said, you know, be careful. She's at a very high risk for yeah. suicide right now. Um, they sent me home with, with medications, mm-hmm. anti-anxiety, you know, just to mm-hmm. help calm me down. Mm-hmm. Um, but they told him to hide. Yeah. You know, different things from me. I, right. If I needed medicine, yeah. then someone had to give it to me. Yes. Um, I could not, if I went to the bathroom, mm-hmm. if I wasn't out within a certain time, you know, someone was knocking on the door. Yeah. What are you doing in there? How's it going? Yeah. Um, I couldn't be left home alone. Wow. So that the the first few days, it was a days, really. Wow. I don't remember a lot about that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until th- there are snippets of time. I remember course, yeah. it wasn't until a, a little while later that I started to come out of that fog yeah. and, and realize how bad I had gotten during that time wow. period. Wow. And so, um, and, and there's so many questions <laughs> in between, um, as far as your husband, it was definitely good that you had, you know, the support there. Um, did he have, time to grieve. Cause I, I find that sometimes, um, as, especially as women and as being caretakers, it's hard to, um, to grieve yourself if you're taking care of someone else. So did your husband, was he able to grieve in his own way or was it kind of like delayed because I don't want to say delayed, but did he kind of have to 
be strong for you. I you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think delight is a perfect word for oh, okay. it. Um <laughs> because I was falling apart. Yeah. I I I mean it it got very bad and he mm-hmm. had to step up and take care of a lot of things yeah. because I was not functioning normally. Yeah. Um and that's something that I still feel guilt about mm-hmm. today because mm-hmm. he didn't get to what I feel like properly grieve and go gotcha. through all of those emotions then. And yeah. even now, like I said, it, it's, um, we just hit our, the 10 year anniversary of his passing okay. and our, I guess it was May was the 10 years. And I think it was in June okay. that he, you know, has been talking about, he would like to start a support group for dads oh, that's amazing. because Everywhere you turn, you see something for the moms, Mm -hmm. support groups for moms. If you go on Facebook to the different groups and things like that, a lot of them are geared towards moms, but there's not a lot for the dads. And, and I think people just assume because they're male, they don't want to talk about their feelings. They don't want to go through that, but he has, he knows a couple other people in the same situation and they feel the same way. You know, they to their partner, they want to be that rock. They mm-hmm. want to be the, the, the man that their wife can lean on, right, right. but then they don't have anyone they can lean on. That's true. That's true. That's, that's very good. My husband and I just did a show not too long ago. Um, and the episode was about men and mental health. And that was one of the points that he made that men, um, they have to wear a cape. They have to be right. that Superman and they have to be, you know, who they are. They, and I don't want to say it's something that's put on on them or, you know, that they do it themselves, you know, but in a sense, yes, society. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's society that yeah. you're, you know, the man is supposed to protect, the man is supposed right. to provide. Right. And and they are trying to protect you from these forces that may yeah. cause you grief. They are trying to provide you comfort. Right. But they don't necessarily have anyone to, to turn to. One mm-hmm. thing that a huge thing that I've noticed with Sam, who mm-hmm. I said still gets very emotional right. and with my husband, both. Yeah. And this started when Sam was very little, anytime he was upset with peer about Pierce, yeah. he went to my husband Oh, yeah. and he didn't want, he told his dad, he didn't want me to know. Oh. He didn't want to talk to me about it because he didn't want me upset. Yeah. And it's yeah. this, you know, even, even at such a young age, seven years right. old, he didn't want to talk to me because he didn't want to upset me. Yeah. I know my husband has held things in because he didn't want to upset me. Right. right. But there, there needs to be something where they yeah. can turn to. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly right. right. Um, so I want to know um, about your faith during this time. I would imagine maybe being mad at God. Um, why, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did it have to be my child? Um, what was your faith like during that time? Um, for me, Obviously, just Mm -hmm. like you said, I think any normal person, Mm -hmm. why did this happen? Um, I think I didn't go too far down that path Mm -hmm. because I felt I had so much blame on myself that I didn't necessarily turn to blame God because it was all on me. It was all my fault. It was it was something I did um, or didn't do or fail to notice. Mm -hmm. Um, But and a lot of people expected me to hate God. I actually got that a question. Don't you hate God now? Don't you hate him for doing this? But I didn't. And to me, that was, I kind of, the best explanation I came up with is 
it's like taking your kids mm-hmm. and and leaving them with the babysitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you get down the road and you call the babysitter and you tell her how much you hate her. Oh, wow. You know, you would never do that because that's who is caring and loving yes. for your child until right. you return. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is who is caring and loving for my child until I return. I love that. That is beautiful. The, I love that, that. that was the best best explanation I could come up with. And I actually asked people, would you call your babysitter? And they're like, no, of course not. Right. Well, this is who's caring for my child. Oh, that is beautiful. That's who's showing him love, yeah. who's, who's showing him affection until yeah. he's back in my arms. That's right. That's right. Um, and we talked about guilt. How how did you begin to come out of that guilt? I know you said you dealt with a lot of it. How did you begin to come out of that? I haven't. Okay. <laughs> um, it is it's still um, a huge huge thing for me now. Right. It's something that I um, you know I, I still try to talk to with my yeah. therapist, and yeah. you know I, I speak to people, and they're like but it wasn't, it was an accident. It wasn't, you have to let that go. You have to let that go. Um, but I can't, you know, I, I feel like as a mom, I failed him. Um, and you know, I have, I have people that have sent me articles about Mm -hmm. how silent drowning is. Um, because most people expect this loud splashing, splashing. screaming, Mm -hmm. and that's not the case. That's not, I mean, that's how it's portrayed in movies. Yeah. But that's not really how it happens. Um, And then, um, and then my husband, you know, has told me that there was actually a bruise on his face. So they don't expect that he was making. They think he slipped and fell and went in, and that you know, so that it wouldn't have been loud like that. And the um, the big jump house blowers, because it had multiple blowers, were all going Mm -hmm. in the noise. And you know, I have people that keep trying to send me these things to reassure me, but my number one job is to love them and protect Mm -hmm. them and keep them safe. And I failed. So I've never let go of that guilt. Wow. It just stays with me. Yes. I I would imagine that I I can definitely see mom guilt. That's one of the first things that I thought of. Um, There was an accident. This was years ago, but there was an accident where um, a bus driver accidentally ran over a child and the child didn't make it. And the first thing I thought of now, she wasn't the mother. She was the bus driver. But the first thing I thought of was help her Lord, help her Lord with her mind, help her in her thinking, because things happen and it's an accident. It's unfortunate. And Nobody's ever going to be able to change your mind until, you know, right. until you're you're able to to do that for yourself. Um, but it's just the thought of everybody wants to help and we want to make you feel better. We want to do things to help you feel better. But it's it's an individual journey. It's a process on it on its, you know, all by yourself. It's yeah. a process where you have to do it um, alone. But um, definitely it's not easy. I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky now that. The therapist that I, because I I did see multiple in the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, but my therapist now said, this is, this is where you're at and you don't have to move from there right now. You know, I'm living my life as a functional human being. I get out of bed every day. Um, I allow myself two days out of the year where I don't go into society. I don't do anything I don't want to do. Um, 
But she said, you don't have to move on from there. There's, yeah. You're not hurting anyone by staying there. Right. It weighs me down, yeah. but I still function. I'm still there for my husband. I'm still yeah. there for my kids. So yeah. that was almost like a relief to me for someone, uh, you know, a professional right. <laughs> to say, it's okay to be where you are. That's you can right. work through little pieces and maybe in time you'll get there. Maybe right. you won't. Right. So but it's, it's, it's your own journey. Like, like right. you said, definitely, definitely. So you've come from a long way as far as, from what I see, as far as, um, having to be in that moment and having the depression, having a hard time, you know, that, that uh, you've had to deal with in coping and, and coming to realization of what happened to where you are now with working with this organization. What did the process, and I know it, it's a process that's ongoing, but what, what does the process of healing look like for you? How, how are you coming? And I don't want to, I don't know if coming out is the right word, but how is that process going? What does it look like? So for me, um, Right after it happened, like I said, I was in a fog for a mm -hmm. while, but it, what I do remember, I didn't sleep at night. Yeah. Um, I developed pretty severe insomnia yeah. and I would stay awake sometimes for 36 hours at a time. Wow. Um, and I would pace mm -hmm. my house at night. Mm -hmm. I would just pace and pace yeah. and pace the house. Yeah. Um, I could only sleep during the day mm -hmm. if my husband was awake oh yeah because i needed someone awake and aware and able to help the okay. others in the house if anything went wrong and that was going to be my question yeah. about hyper uh, hyper vigilance yes. is what they call it yes, yes. So you um, that. i was dealing with that i everything having to do with my kids terrified me mm -hmm. i mean obviously going near water terrified me right. um but my parents and my husband's parents have always been very involved with our kids. Yeah. And, you know, if they wanted to take them to a ball game, well, now I'm worried. What if, what if a ball gets hit yeah. into the stands and it hits one of them? Right. Even if I took them to the grocery store, I was yeah. worried something was going to happen in the parking mm -hmm. lot. Or what if there was someone in, in the store that yeah. did something crazy? It, it was constant yeah. terror. Right. Um, my, eating had declined and yeah. it got worse and worse. And I remember, um, one night, well, early one morning, um, I had been up all night pacing again yeah. and I had to go to the bank. Mm -hmm. I went to the bank and right next door was, um, a doctor's office Okay, and they were just opening okay. and I pulled out of the bank and yeah. right back. I did a U-turn out yeah. of their parking lot, right into the doctor's yeah. office. Yeah. And I walked in and I know I looked like a wreck because like I said, I wasn't sleeping. Right. My eyes were bloodshot yeah. and I just walked up to the desk and I said, I need to see someone. Oh, wow. And they said, okay, what's wrong? I said, I just, I need, I need help. Mm -hmm. I I've lost my son and I need help. I need wow. someone to help me. And so um, I kind of explained it a little bit better mm -hmm. and they took me back to a room and it took a few minutes for the doctor to come in. And she yeah. said, I'm so sorry that it took me a minute to come in here. Yeah. I had to compose myself because I know who you are. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. because we had, our story had been in the news. Okay. Um, and so I worked with her. She yeah. did, um, all kinds of, of, tests and blood mm -hmm. panels and things like that. And all my vitamin levels were deficient. Wow. And um, obviously I wasn't sleeping. And mm -hmm. so she started me on 
on getting my body back to where it needed yes. to be. And then she recommended a psychiatrist to mm-hmm. kind of help me mentally get back where I was. Right, right. Um, and I started with that psychologist and that's when I received the PTSD mm-hmm. diagnosis mm-hmm. and also OCD diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and so after I started with her, she taught me techniques, yeah. techniques to kind of steer my mind the way I needed it to go to survive that moment. That is amazing. That brings up the point of how your mental state with the state of mind that you're in, it can alter how your body, how your body reacts. Definitely. So yeah, what goes on in your mind, it definitely is reflected in your body and the things that are happening. Yeah. I I've, I've always had um, some OCD tendencies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They went full blown after we lost peers. Um, I was counting because I'm I'm an even person, mm-hmm. so I count things, okay. and then also mm-hmm. if I put something on the the left side, I have to put something on the oh, right, right side. And you know, <laughs> yeah. if I do, if I step on this parking lot line with the right foot, I have to step on it with my left wow. foot, and you know, and it yeah. it went out of proportion wow. after him. But she yeah. taught me a lot of things that um, would kind of help me get through the moment that I was in, because that's how I was living at that oh, time. Wow. I was moment to moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I shared the techniques that I needed mm-hmm. with those closest to me mm-hmm. so that, um, one of the techniques was, it was distraction. If there, oh. if I was stuck in this loop of yeah. reliving that moment over and over and over, right. find a way to distract yourself. And so oh. my best friend knew this and yeah. I would just send her a text that said distract. And she would come up with some crazy story to tell me that would bring me out of that moment. Otherwise I would just keep cycling it over and over and over and it wouldn't stop. Wow. Wow. That's, that's good. And it's good. And that's another thing I was going to ask you about as far as your support. So of course we know you had your doctors, we know you had your husband. um, And what, what other support did you have? What, what was what was helpful to you? So Mm -hmm. I have, um, my two best friends Mm -hmm. that were drop everything in a heartbeat, be there for me when I need them to be. Mm -hmm. Um, we also have my family and my husband's family who are all very supportive. Um, it was difficult for me to accept family support though. Okay. Especially, um, like my mom, mm-hmm. it was really, really difficult for me to accept yeah. support from her because she was grieving and I felt guilty because it was oh, my fault. Remember right, it, right. it's every, all this pain that, that my family was feeling, it was it's my fault. You. I understand. Yeah. So my mom wanted nothing more than mm-hmm. to be there for me. Yeah. But for me, I couldn't because I was barely surviving my mm-hmm. own grief yeah. and my own guilt. Yeah. And when I saw her grief, mm-hmm. it just, my, my guilt mm-hmm. just would go through the roof and wow. look at what I've done to my family. Look yeah. at what I've put everyone through. I mean, and it got to the point where I tried yeah. to go to the police department to ask them to arrest me um, because yeah. I felt like I needed more punishment right than what I was going through, even wow. though the, the punishment that I was, was going through was probably the worst thing you yep. can ever deal with. Absolutely. I needed more yeah. because this was my fault. Wow. Wow. So um, 
I know that you said you had the techniques that um, you, you got from the doctor. What else did you find was helpful in helping you to push past where you were in that moment mentally? Did you journal? Was there other other things that you found that that were helpful and just overall um, in lifting your spirits or at least bringing you, you know, through that time? I am an avid reader. Okay. I absolutely love to read. Okay. I lost myself in, in stories a yeah. lot because it was a way to pull me out of the world and the things that I yes. was going through and into a different world. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter what I was reading as long as it pulled me out. That yes. was one thing that I did. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, I think for me and my husband, both mm-hmm. something that was really healing for us yeah. was working with Mora. Okay. Um, because we felt so honored mm-hmm. that there were people that were sending us messages yeah. that were giving us stories that, yeah. you know, they never thought about being a donor. It was not something they even really right. cared to do. Yeah. But after Pierce and after they heard our story, yeah. they decided to donate. And yeah. so, um, and then I, I actually know someone that um, their loved one was killed in a motorcycle accident oh, yeah. and they decided to have him be a donor because of Pierce. And oh, so wow. there were so many lives that were saved and, and yeah. we've, we've heard this story multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we were so proud that yeah. this little four-year-old, because of him, yeah. there were other people out there in the world right now wow. that are alive just because of him and his story. And yeah. I think that brought us some comfort that he was yeah. still changing lives. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, Dr. Pierce was saving lives yes. <laughs> and, and that really helped us deal with it. Oh, that's beautiful. Part of your healing is the service aspect of it. So um, serving out of your pain, doing doing the things that um, helping other people that are in that same situation. And it's therapeutic for you um, in a way. That's pretty much what you said, <laughs> that it's, it's therapeutic yes. for you. Um, so it does help to serve. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, what would you say to a parent that um, has experienced the same thing? What advice would you give or what words of encouragement or if any, what what would you say to a parent going through the same thing? Um, I'm actually, I I have met several people that have gone through this. And one thing that I tell them is don't listen to what people say. Wow. Unless they've gone through it. Yes. Because you have so many people that tell you he's in a better place. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he is, yeah. I understand that, <laughs> right? but it doesn't stop my heart from breaking because he's That's not right. with me. Right. Um, right. There are, I've had people that tell me, well, at least you have two other kids. Right. And just, I know it comes from places of, of them wanting to comfort, mm-hmm. but it's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And there are so many people that just absolutely have no doubt they know the correct way to grieve. Yes. And <laughs> it's not the same. I, mm. I 
I have family members Mm -hmm. that have lost their child and their grief is not the same as my Mm -hmm. grief. My -hmm. husband, we've lost the exact same child, but our grief is not the same. And to try and compare those two is such a disservice to both people because you're never going to experience the same way. Even if it's the same loss, the same person, you're not going to experience the same way. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. Well, you know what? I thank you so much for coming out. This was um, a really good, it was an eye opener for me because like you said, I haven't experienced it. I can empathize, but it's good to hear from your point of view of somebody that actually went through it. And a lot of the, the things that you gave, I'm sure that if there's people that are going through the same situation, that you were a help to them. You are um, an encouragement and an inspiration to them as far as, you know, where they are and Thank seeing you. that there's somebody that um, has, has, I don't want to say you've gotten over it. Of course, you, you'll never get over it, but there's somebody that survived, you yes. know, and, and you're on the other side of that pain. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's something that they should also know is every yeah. day is a survival. Yes. Some days you are absolutely fine. Your life yes. is on track of, of where you think you're doing good. Right. And the next day it's going to knock you over, you know, wow. and you, it's hard to determine those days. So every wow. day is a survival and you just have to give yourself grace. That's beautiful. Well, can you tell me um, one last thing of how we can get um, more information about the Mississippi um, Oregon Recovery Agency? Yes. You can <laughs> actually Google um M-S-O-R-A, okay. which is their website. Okay. Um, they're, they call themselves Mora, but Mora. on the website, it's M-S-O-R-A okay. dot org, I okay. believe. Um, and or if you just go in to get your driver's license, yes. you tell them that you want to be a donor and they'll gladly add that little heart on there. That's it. That's it. So what we'll do is we'll put that link um, on the show notes so okay. they'll be able to see that. Um, they're on the show notes. Well, Ms. Jennifer Cartwright, thank you so much for your openness. Thank you for your uh, candidness. I am so excited that we got to be able to talk today because you are going to be a help to somebody. Thank you. So, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Yes, I'm glad ma'am. to do this. <laughs> All right, you guys, that is my time for now. Um, As always, I want you to stay in touch. You can find me on social media and on Facebook. Have you checked out the Marriage, Motherhood and PTSD group? I want you to check it out. Join the group and join the conversation. All right. I would love to hear from you. Send me your stories and your testimonies and ask me anything you want. All right. And we'll definitely answer any questions you have on the show. And I also want to hear what you want to talk about on the show. Okay. so be sure to check me out on all streaming platforms. Forms, I'm at I am Coach Leah, and you can check out my website as well. You can find all of that information in the show notes. All right, you guys, that's my time for now. But as always, I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.